Vox Quick Hits. The internet can be a wonderful place full of wonderful things. Cat videos, Netflix, Wikipedia. But the internet can also be a bad place. Home to vicious online harassment, fake news, and hotbeds of extremism. And, of course, there are the conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories have always existed, but the internet has put them on overdrive. They spread and mutate really fast online. It's kind of like a giant game of telephone, except with potentially dangerous consequences that can affect the real world. Case in point, the Capitol riots on January 6th, or even QAnon. Joining us today is Asia Romano, who covers all things internet culture for Vox, to talk about how conspiracy theories thrive online. So conspiracy theories aren't a new thing, right? Like, they've existed for a while. How did we get to where we are today? That's uh, it's a pretty broad question, because if you, you're absolutely right. Conspiracies have been around for centuries. If you think about things like the Salem witch trials, they were basically a giant town conspiracy that, that women were trying to destroy everything with Satanism, which is not too far off from where we are today. So, But I think one thing that feels different is that the rise of the internet and social media has allowed things to scale dramatically and really intensify and feel almost claustrophobic sometimes because you're coming up against a, a variety of diverse opinions and ideas and shifts in the culture, right? And all of those things create tension that can lead to extremification. And part of that extremification is that people are gravitating away from not only mainstream media, but like a mainstream consensus on what is truth and what is reality. And that's where conspiracy theories come in. I think it's easy to kind of ask, like, as someone who maybe isn't super conspiracy-minded, how do people get into these in the first place? Obviously, it's contextual, right? It depends on the the person. It depends on the conspiracy. It depends on a lot of things. But I think one of the, the key ways in which people kind of get drawn in is they start by, quote unquote, just asking questions. And those questions may trick the target into thinking that they're thinking critically, right? But in fact, what it's doing is is teaching them to think less critically because it's teaching them to move away from rational understanding of, of how human behavior works and how the world works and how systems work. And conspiracy theories usually undermine all of those things. But it can feel very cathartic. It can feel like you're discovering something powerful and like you've latched upon a secret that only a a couple of other people know about, right? And so now you and and the other people who believe in the conspiracy theory are all bonded through this experience. It's almost kind of like a dopamine hit, right? Like you just want to figure out more and more and more. And so you keep asking quote unquote more and more questions and and the conspiracy theory like just has an endless number of layers. So each of those layers is something new for them to explore. And that's how you wind up, you know, getting people who you know, one day it seems like they're a perfectly rational human being. And then the next day they're talking about reptilian overlords and so forth. Yeah. Last summer, I did some reporting on anti-maskers. And one thing that I noticed like over and over again in conversations with people is that they would say, I do my own research. And that was when I always knew that something weird was on the horizon and that we were going to suddenly be talking about YouTube or somebody they followed on Twitter. Um, And it's funny that people kind of don't 
trust, like the New York Times, but they are sure that this stranger they found on the internet, like that is a person. Right. And I think uh, I think that has to do too with like the the broader breakdown of communication and and trust in media and um, what you can think of as an epistemic crisis. How do we arrive at a consensus on what reality is and, and what what is an accurate um, version of reality? Right. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the biggest conspiracy theories circling online right now? Some of the ones that have really trickled into everyday life. You mentioned anti-maskers. Obviously, that's a big one, right? You might not think that anti-masking is a conspiracy theory, but it's really tied to a distrust of the government, tied to a distrust of of health systems, and and tied to a distrust of media, and definitely tied to the actual anti-vax conspiracy which of course, both of these things are hugely crucial in the time of the pandemic that we're in. I think people used to think the anti-vaxxer conspiracy was just a fringe thing. And now it seems like it's half of America, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so these things really have scaled and really have intensified. Um, the other big one that's on everyone's mind right now because of the January 6th insurrection is QAnon which really evolved from Pizzagate, which also involves someone going to Washington to cause violence. And so I think it's a classic example of a conspiracy that can become very extremifying and can be very dangerous. What is QAnon? Uh, I don't know what you heard, but I think most people think that it's just something vague to do with Trump. You might have heard that basically it's the belief that when he was in office, when he was president, uh, President Trump was pretending to be dumb in order to own the libs and specifically in order to root out pedophiles in government. That's probably what most people think QAnon is. What they don't know is that the crux of QAnon is that the politicians and, and Hollywood uh, leaders and other powerful figures who supposedly are uh, the targets of the QAnon conspiracy theory the conspiracy theory holds that they are engaged in child trafficking for the purpose of extracting hormones from kids and using them to create a serum that will give uh, them eternal life and immortality and, and youth. Um, so, wow. Yeah, that's a real thing. I mean, it's not a real thing, obviously, but that is a real thing that many QAnon conspirators believe. Um, and this is what I mean about like how people start out by just asking questions because of course there we know from things like the Jeffrey Epstein scandal that sex trafficking scandals do exist and and high-powered world leaders are involved in horrible despicable criminal acts in a criminal underworld but most people probably would never join QAnon if they if they led with oh by the way we think that uh everyone in government is engaged in turning kids into truth serum or whatever right like it's kind of like Scientology. They don't tell you about the aliens when you walk in the door. You know, you have to get to that eventually by by leveling up to like level 16 or whatever. Like you have to be on the boat in the middle of the ocean so there's no escape before they tell you about the, the aliens, right? It's the same principle with QAnon. Like you have to be so far down the rabbit hole that by the time you get to the part about the the hormones and the immortality serums or whatever, like you just, you believe it because you've, you've invested so much time and energy and you've you've absorbed so much of it that your ability to process what is and isn't real by this point has probably uh, suffered a lot. I just had no idea this was what <laughs> I, you, know, you, you see it, right? But you don't know what it is. It's Right. I, I think most people don't know. <laughs> no. So I guess like my, my like last question here then in, 
in this world where so many people do believe conspiracy theories and some ones that are pretty out there, like, what do you do if someone in your life has fallen into this trap? That's a very good question. I wish I had, like, the definitive answer, but of course I don't because, again, it's contextual. It depends on so many factors. I think the most important thing to do is keep empathy in the, the forefront of your mind and always try and come at the conversation from a place of, you know, what do you have in common? What kind of things do you still agree on, you know, and work from there. And just asking questions is a good way to get them to, to reconsider these things that they've absorbed, these ideas they have. And also I think another key thing is maybe just to give them something else to do. You know, I, one of the, the sources that I talked to for my piece on conspiracies had a relative who used to be very far down the rabbit hole. And my, even though my source was an academic who studied conspiracies, he couldn't get his relative out of that belief system. But what did help was his relative got married, uh, started a family, and then just had no time to, to sit on the internet and <laughs> go down these rabbit holes. And I think especially in a pandemic right now, so many people do that all they have is time to go down these rabbit holes. But if you can just distract them, give them something else to invest in, to focus on, to think about instead of all this world alarmism that they've got in their heads right now, I think it'll help a lot. Yeah. Lots of free time for all of us in the pandemic. Well, thanks for talking to me about this, Asia. Of course, anytime. Asia Romano is a culture writer at Vox, and you can follow them on Twitter at Asia Romano. You can find more stories from Vox in the Vox Quick Hits feed wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>